Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He scores. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, folks. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, welcome to the Stretchy Cast, the podcast for stressynews.com. The number one podcast that is being transmitted into your ears at this very moment that features both myself, Mike Knight, the Nova Loudmouth, and Philip Morrissey. Phil, how you doing? Not too bad, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, riding the crest of three wins in a row. I can't remember we got three, last time we got three wins in a row, whatever circumstances they come in. Um, and for continuity's sake, of course, we had the fantastic win against Chelsea last week. But for continuity's sake, obviously, we'll start with Thursday's um, Europa League quarterfinal second leg against Anderlecht. Um, United scraping through by the skin of their teeth in the end. Um, things looked pretty good early on when uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan got a lovely little uh, finish that he drilled one in from the, from a tight angle, but um, seemed to fall apart for quite a while after that in that first half. And uh, the Belgians grabbed a deserved equaliser when Sofian Hani scrambled one in after um, a bit of pinball around United's penalty area just after the half-hour mark. United then contrived to miss a host of good opportunities to score and create chances through normal time and extra time before Marcus Rashford, who um, I would say was uh, arguably United's best player that night, scored in extra time to seal United's passage to um, what I'm fairly certain might be their first ever semi-final in this particular competition um, through its various guise and incarnations. Um, I may go and fact-check that um, just to be sure. Um, I think I'm wrong. Yeah, uh... I'm fairly certain this is the first time we've ever got this far in this particular European competition, whether it was the Fairs Cup or the UEFA Cup or the Intercity Cup or whatever it's been called down the years. Yeah, I was, I was checking out during the week. Apparently, the the furthest they had reached was 1985. They reached 
the quarterfinals and they lost a team from Hungary called uh, V-I-D-E-T-O-N or something like that it's not even Humved the team that not even knows. Humved like not even the team that you recognise like it was uh, but this was 1985 and this was approaching the end of um, well I suppose it was the year that they won the FA Cup under Big Ron wasn't it yeah um Good football, not massively successful, but we did all right at the big run. It wasn't too yeah. bad. Could have been a lot worse. Um, but um, in terms of that game, Phil, as I said, it was pretty patchy for Manchester United, wasn't it? I mean, what were your sort of thoughts, in-depth thoughts on that that game against Anderlecht? There was periods of uh, fantastic play, and then there was periods of complete. You didn't know what was going on. Uh, the lack of control in certain areas. Um, I do think that, obviously, the injury to Marcus Rashford in that first half period did cause a great amount of confusion, particularly when they had to replace him with Daly Blind in central defence. I think that might have been a contributory factor to the to the equaliser because the the unsettling of the defence in that particular spell led to a period of pressure from Anderlecht and ultimately led to the equaliser as well. Uh, they were on top for quite for about 10 or 15 minutes following that equaliser as well and you could um, unite were, were, um, were on the back foot you um and it was perhaps uh, perhaps only the introduction of uh, Marion Fellaini um that actually led to more control more um more possession in midfield more kind of more solidity that allowed United then to to gain control to press further up the pitch and to create more chances to miss more chances and then ultimately his uh, knockdown for Marcus Rashford to get the winner. Yeah, about Marcus Rashford, he was the one player you could say was consistently excellent in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was lightning on the night itself. Um, yeah, the form that he displayed in that Chelsea game, he brought back into this game as well. He, Admittedly, he was guilty of a few... Few uh, few misses, um, as as were a lot of players, McTarian, Paul Pogba, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But some of the play that he had in that period, going into the end of second, the end of the second half, and going into extra time, was was breathtaking. And um, that uh, Rabana that he had. That he got past the the player to knock in the cross for Paul Pogba for an overhead kick. If that had gone in, that would probably would be one of the all time great Old Trafford goals. And um, I suppose the thing to mention about Rashford is he had quite a he's had quite a long lean spell this season, but he seems to be in a resurgence. And um, do we think that's a good a good sign the way he's managed to sort of come back from some poor form and being in and out of the team to 
continue? Is that a good sign of his development? That he was able to come back from that. Without a doubt, because there is the whole idea of this second syndrome, second season syndrome. Um, if you have your your breakthrough season and then you, it's almost expected that you have this kind of lean period that uh, defenses find out how to how to play you if you're not. If you're not playing as much, if you pick up slight uh, injuries, if you pick up slight knocks, if you're a player that tries on pace and trickery, if you if you get a, a any sort of injury, it's going to knock your confidence. It's going to knock your ability to get past players. But to be able to get to get over that is a sign of a great player. Yeah, I would agree with that completely um and united are going to need him because um of course that, that injury uh, sorry that game saw um Zlatan Ibrahimovic getting injured and ending his season and possibly do we think that may have ended his time at manchester united uh no i don't think so i think he's still going to be there next year is there not a problem with that though that um we're going to be paying extortionate wages to guys not going to be able to kick a ball till next year well, it depends on um, it depends on European qualification, in my opinion. If they can manage to get fourth, or if they can manage to get through the Europa League into the Champions League, um, I think the money that they will get as a result of that will obviously be an encouragement to, to keep them on for another season. My, I mean, my issue with that personally is. You know, if you want to re-sign him next season when he's back from injury, great. But I don't want us to be whatever money we, however much money we've got. I don't want us to be paying for this guy when he can't play until January or February of next year when his contract is running down this year. Um, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Do you think that? Do you think that they might have a? Um, do you think that they might actually kind of? Um, re kind of lay out the terms of the contract though uh, I would I would look at it if, if you are going to offer him a contract make it as pay as you uh, pay, pay as, as you play, play like yeah I think but I don't, some... think, I don't think he would accept that mm, yeah well I suppose in, he has to be realistic I suppose in his own sense if he isn't going to be back until possibly 2018 how many games can you realistically expect to be involved in? And you are you actually going to be coming back at even eighty or ninety percent fitness? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I still think it'll be taking up a, a pretty sizable. I mean, I'm fairly certain he's the highest paid player at the club, maybe Bar Rooney. Um, I don't know the exact figures, but. Uh, that's you know, but th- uh, this is a debate that could be going a whole podcast itself. I mean, there was another serious injury in that game as well to Marcos Rojo. Um, now, if that injury had happened six months ago, we'd probably thought great, we'd have to see Marcos Rojo between now and the end of the season. But now, that's quite a serious blow, isn't it? It's massive, and I think for all the uh, for all of the options that have been uh, discussed, uh, possibly in terms of other players that we have at the club to uh, to to replace him in the 
in the the running towards the end of the season, there isn't a player like Marcus Rojo in terms of being a proper snide defender. One I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't think we have an option of that sense. We possibly um, possible kind of names that were mentioned were um, maybe Matthew Darmian coming into central defence, uh, Daley Blint who played there for quite a spell last season and has played there on a couple of occasions this season. Uh, trying to rush back um, Lorda Hardy uh, back from fitness. <laughs> and, um, then the, the younger lads like uh, Timothy Folsomensa and Axel Twenspa. Yeah, we're pretty sure that's what's pronounced. Uh, none of those players actually have the characteristics that Marcus Rojo has. No, I mean, um, Phil Jones has a propensity to argue, to, to injure himself without the referee noticing. Um, but um, I don't know about anybody else. Uh, I, 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 well, I absolutely well, he, agree with you. Well, he, he managed to, to injure Chris Smalling. Like, so. Oh, they injured each other, didn't they? Wasn't that what happened? They, they, yeah, they injured each other. Christ. It's like Abbott, it's like Abbott and Costello, isn't it? Fuck it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What do we make of the... Uh, we're through now to the semi-final anyway, so that's the main thing. Um, what uh, what are your thoughts on the um, on the tie with Celta Vigo? Uh, confident? It's an interesting one because um, Celta Vigo have been so inconsistent in La Liga this year. Mid-table, um, aren't they? They're, they're about 10th at the moment. They lost to Real Betis at home at the weekend. Betis? Oh, sorry. Real Betis, yeah. God. They're, that's a pretty yeah. rubbish team to be losing to. Yeah. And they they reached the semi-finals of the, the Spanish Cup and they lost to Bloody Alibas. Yeah, but this is a team that not long ago absolutely spanked um, Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. yeah. They beat them 4-1. I suppose so, in many ways they're, they're quite reminiscent of that athletic club Bilbao team that, that we played a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, definitely. Uh there's just a very dangerous unpredictability about them. They've got quite a few Spanish internationals amongst their um, amongst their squads. Um, I suppose in terms of British players that people would know, the likes of uh, John Gudetti, um, formerly of Man City and had a spell at Celtic as well, and of course Diego Aspas, who had a fairly ill-fated spell at Liverpool who perhaps wasn't really given a chance to shine. And it's only been this year that he's been able to display his talents. He's on a great run of form, and he's been a regular as part of the Spanish squads for the last couple of uh, selections. So, Yeah, I mentioned him in a podcast a few weeks ago, but I didn't realise at the time he's 29. How is he 29? Yeah. That's incredible. I thought yeah. he was so much younger, but apparently not. I thought he was um, about 25, 26. Yeah, I, I did. I think we all did. I mean, he looks about 15, so I think that's maybe why. Um, but moving on from that, um, of course, um, yesterday saw United pick up, or, or Sunday, if you if you listen to this um, on another day, uh, so United pick up a 
second comfortable league win in a row at the uh, glamorous confines of Turf Moor against Lancashire's answer to Holland's 1974 World Cup team, Burnley. Um, United opened the scoring with a terrific, a really terrific counter-attacking goal. Um, arguably started and finished by Anthony Martial. The Wayne Rooney had a pretty important role in that goal as well. Um, and then they then doubled their lead six minutes before the break with Wayne Rooney's 251st goal for Manchester United. Um, and then we proceeded to go and see the game out quite comfortably, really, um, after a superb first-half performance. It was the Not only was it the second game in a row that we won two goals to nil after beating Chelsea the previous week, but it was also the second league match in a row that we went without conceding even a shot on target. Um, Jose Mourinho was very happy, although um, he even managed to sort of crack a smile afterwards, which is amazing. Um, Phil, what did you think about this game? Really, really good display, wasn't it? Do you know what? Um, It was just the the fact that we were so clinical in that first half period. If we had half of that um, in the, the home game against them, Back in September, we would have beaten them about four or five nil. Do you not think it made a difference though with Martial's pace through the middle? Oh, I completely. That, wide. Um, that that breakaway from the fact that it was actually a Burnley corner, we broke away, scored within what ten, fifteen seconds of it. Um, that was reminiscent of Giggs Kanchelskis at their best. I was thinking that Norwich City game where we won three nil. Yeah. That was just like um, we're at a most dangerous when you think we're on the racks, and then we're within a couple of passes. You're you're wondering what the hell happened. I mean, it was just magnificent, and then um, everyone played well. Everyone did their jobs, held together. I actually thought Rooney had a pretty good game, just playing off Martial. Yeah, um, I think a stack came out of it from yesterday. It was the first time that Martial had actually been involved in creating a goal and scoring a goal in his career, in his United career. Yeah, I just I wonder whether um, this uh, Ibrahimovic injury might be a good thing for him, because um, suddenly he might. It seemed like yesterday in that game he sniffed an opportunity to lay down a marker um, for him to be considered. Um, obviously to be considered going forward in the first team and um, he was really terrific you know that pace it makes such a difference having him through the middle and I thought Lingard was good as well the midfield was excellent um, I thought Ashley Young uh, at fullback was very good um, as with Bailey and Blinn together at centre half they they were very good as well um, well I think Fellaini in front of that uh, defence actually he did an awful lot of good work because um, obviously the the front two of Burnley would have been uh, kind of saying like okay we'll 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 get uh, Daily Blimp one on one and we'll get past him and whatever uh, the likes of Andrew Gray and Ashley Barnes but they never there was nothing got past them at all. No, absolutely, you're absolutely right, and. I felt that um, Fellaini's performance, very once again, is a very good, disciplined display. I've said before, got on record, I'm not a fan. I've never had him done as a Manchester United player, but I can't fault him uh, in the last few games for so the way he's come in and he's delivered. And it seems to me lately, there's a lot of players in the last, these last few games, 
even at times against Anderlecht, there's players, more and more players now stepping up and, and delivering performances at what is a business end of the season. What do you think? Well, there is the uh, there is the kind of people saying that it could be players playing for their future, but there is also a potential cup final coming up as well. Absolutely, it's a Euro- European Cup final. Would you not want to be? Every player should be champing at the bit to be involved in that. I think so, and I think that might be another reason why some of these other players are suddenly stepping up, and that's what. That is, you know, that's what being at Manchester United is about traditionally. That was in the Ferguson. You'd see uh, right throughout Ferguson's tenure at the club, these squad players stepping up around sort of late winter, springtime, turning out brilliant performances when they were brought in because we needed, obviously, to rotate players in and out of the squad. And suddenly it created more and more competition for places. And there's a little bit of that now coming in again. You know, it's nice to see that Ibrahimovic getting injured wasn't the be-all and end-all of our challenge this season. You have to remember that Burnley game was a big game, a big game to win yesterday. The yeah. last couple of the last couple of visits that we've had there, we haven't actually scored a goal. Yeah, and when you consider the, Liverpool, the la- Liverpool lost later on in the day. Mm. The fact that. There was there was a stat out afterwards, like the last United player to score a turf more in the league was Lou McCary back in nineteen seventy six. That is appalling. Yeah. Um, Mind you, we've only played, we've only played them in the league on two subsequent occasions, but it's yeah, yeah, fairly yeah. damning, isn't it? No, it is exactly, and obviously, as I just just mentioned as well. Um, apologies for interrupting, but Liverpool us, us winning and Liverpool losing later on puts us within three points of them with two games in hand. And one of the games in hand we've got coming up is against Manchester City on Thursday, another huge game. Um, and we will be doing a, a special podcast that will be going out on Friday um, in the aftermath of that game because you know it's it's a big game. It's it, it's probably the biggest game for us this season so far now. Because of what's on the line, suddenly now, Phil, the top four that we thought was gone, a top four spot is back on, just sort of giving us an extra bit of insurance for the Champions League next season. Obviously, we want to win that Europa League, we want that trophy now. But if we can get top four and Europa League, and um, we can come out of this season with a top four finishing two trophies, there's a chance we could even get third. Um, even if we don't beat Manchester City, we're still in with a great shout of getting in that top four. If we can get that and um, a couple of trophies, that's it's been a good season. Um, I don't think anyone would argue with that. What are your thoughts on on that game? Looking ahead to Manchester City, are you are you confident? Are you more confident now than you would have been maybe ten days ago, two weeks ago? Um, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Um, the fact that Man City were taken to 120 minutes as well in their semi final yesterday is. Is a good thing for us. Uh, if they, I, I'm not too sure if they picked up any injuries as a result, but certainly hearing about us winning and coming off the pitch after a defeat, that's going to cause doubt in your mind, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you could you you would almost say that all the pressure is on Man City to to win. Um, I think a draw it still keeps 
both teams involved, whereas uh, a win for Man City kind of pushes up, uh, pushes them forward more than um, than a draw would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, well, even even a draw for us would would be good. Keeps us in Wouldn't be the worst result at all. Like absolutely not. Um, we have any inclinations of what the starting lineup might be because Mourinho kind of intimated that Pogba might not play. Um, I think that was him being playful, though. <laughs> Do you think they might rest him at the week, next weekend instead? Um, I could see that that team that was playing yesterday against Burnley being incorporated against Swansea. Um, I think more of the side that played against Chelsea would probably start against Man City. So I'd imagine Marcus Rashford will come back into will come back into the team. I'd Lingard will I play, could, I think. Lingard will play. I could see, I could see Shaw playing. Ooh, that's interesting. I I wonder because um, I, I I could see a couple of man market jobs going on again. I, I could see Darmian playing. Maybe Darmian playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he'll play for Dar- Darmian against um, Kevin De Bruyne or something like that. Yeah, I think he will play for Laney Herrera Pogba. In the middle, I I'd agree with you that maybe it's a bit of mind games there. I think I'd go for those three in the middle and rely on their energy and industry, as well as. Do you the reckon Thomasy. Tarek will come back? No, I think he'll play for Lady. And to be honest, I would yeah. play for Lady in that game. Right. I think he, I think he offers. Listen, I, I don't think Fellaini's a better footballer than Carrick, but I think that midfield battle we need that extra bit of industry and and uh, just hustle and and. You know, putting the work in, and Fellaini will do that, I think. And if you have that in with Herrera and Pogba, that's a that's not a bad midfield to start that game with. That's a pretty strong. It's physically strong. It's technically sound. It's disciplined. Um, that's the kind of midfield that you want for this game. Um, and they will and they will put and they will press high up the field as well. And I think they can force City's um, fairly scant midfield further and further back. And stop their attackers getting hold of the ball. Could you could you see uh, Guardiola playing somebody like Fernando or Fernandinho instead I, of Del or instead of Torre? I wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, I could see that, but that still means that still doesn't change our game plan in that regard. I still think you oh, can overrun. Well, that. I suppose in terms of more solidity, in terms of um, a bit more defensive minded. Maybe, but you know that. It, that's you know I don't think that changes the team that we play or the strategy. Yeah, no. Maybe just mean, mean dropping Lingard um, to put pressure on one of those deep line midfielders because he's very. It good shouldn't it shouldn't affect the way that we play though. No, absolutely not. And I think Rashford's intelligence and pace can cause City a lot of problems. You know he did last season. We remember that game last season. Yeah, was... in the league. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm. Um, I'm confident. I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict one all. What about you? I was actually going to say one all as well. Yeah, I um, and I'd be pretty happy with a point. Uh, forget a win, great. If we lose, all right, that's not great. If we, it's if not we the end of the world a, if, if we lose. If we get a, a win, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, we are perhaps overdue an away win at a top rival. Yeah, it'd be nice getting that going into that Arsenal game that we've got coming up, not too far ahead as well. 
um, more confidence against a team that Mourinho... I mean, Arsenal, just because Mourinho enjoys playing against them seemingly more than anybody. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think um, one all. So we're agreed on one all for that one. Um, and uh, Johnny's not here with us today, but in spirit, he's saying one all as well. I'm just going to say that he's saying one all as well. <laughs> Uh, which would put us on 64 points if we got a one-all draw in that game. City on 65, and Liverpool would still be on 66. So if we can keep applying pressure, there's a very real chance that not only could we get top four and win the Europa League, um, Liverpool would drop out of the Champions League entirely. That's a good work. That's good work, isn't it? That wouldn't be a bad result at all, would it? Absolutely not. Um, especially considering, obviously, that, that game uh, on Sunday that it was Christian Benteke that scored both goals. Um, at Anfield apparently it's the fifth goal he scored against Liverpool more than what he actually scored at Anfield for Liverpool yeah you know he's a good player he's a good player and he never got a fair shot but um, anyway um, the, the team news as far as I can gather from that from that game against Manchester City by the way it's the same long term absentees Rojo and Ibra joining Master out for the season no more news on the progress of Jones and Smalling um, although I don't think anyone's that particularly keen for them to return anytime soon or they even get in um, and, uh, as far as Manchester City goes the, the one change, the one big change that could come in for Manchester City is that Gabriel Jesus could play in that game because he is fit now so that, that could be a possibility that he could play in that game whether he'd uh, play ahead of Aguero was the question that was a lovely finish he scored in that cup game wasn't it mm, yeah it was a very very good goal. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, we'll we'll um, we'll find out on Thursday, and uh, you'll get to hear our reaction uh, on a special uh, bonus pod um, that will be sending out on Friday. Um, just before we go, Phil, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and uh, all your works? Yeah, you can get me on social media via Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Philip E. M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E uh, or facebook.com forward slash The Lofty Dog. Uh, you can catch various uh, articles by me on Strati News or here on the podcast, which you can get on iTunes as well. Um, articles that I've written on metalireland.com or Irish Metal Archives and overblown.co.uk. Fantastic. Um, you can find me on my, uh, on Twitter at Mike underscore Loudmouth and you can find my Facebook page at The Northern Loudmouth. I've got articles on StrettyNews.com that you can find. You can also find my uh, arts and culture stuff on ScreenCritics.net and the Big Screen Critics podcast. It's another uh, film podcast that I do. Um, you can go and find our works there. Um, but until Friday, hopefully enjoy the game on Thursday and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.